0: Praise Lord, for Thy
1: great plan, that we Thy dwelling place may be.
2: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This life study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's
1: program. We praise the Lord for His redemption, that He redeemed us judicially, but there's much more. He wants to save us day by day in His life by the dispensing of His life into us. This is the much more Christian life.
2: Our salvation begins with God forgiving us of all of our sins, but His full salvation includes much more than this. It includes His life freeing us from the power of sin. Welcome to the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry, Anaheim, California. We have an outstanding program today from Romans chapter 8. And as always, when Ed Marks is here, it pleases us greatly and we're happy to have you back, Ed.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be back, especially for this particular life study on the book of Romans.
2: This is a tremendous life study because we move today into a significant new section of Romans. So far, we've seen God's condemnation and his justification. And I wonder, as background introduction, if you'd say a little
1: about these items. The first few chapters of Romans unveil God's condemnation on mankind generally firstly, then on the self-righteous, particularly. Then we see his condemnation on the religious, specifically, and finally, on all the world, totally. Because sin entered into man, man is under God's condemnation. But we need to praise the Lord that God became a man, and this man's name was Jesus Christ. And he went to the cross and died for our sins, And he was raised from the dead. Now when we believe in him, we are justified by faith in Christ. To be justified is to be approved by God according to his standard of righteousness. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. We need Christ as our righteousness. When we believe into him, he justifies us. How does he do this? He comes into us as the very righteousness of God so that we can be approved by God according to his standard of righteousness. We can't be justified by works of law. We can only be justified by faith in the wonderful Lord Jesus Christ.
2: Amen. Ed, thank you for your fellowship. Let's join Witness Lee. This is a tremendous life study ahead. I'm anxious to get to it.
1: What is
0: really dealt with in the first section of this book is our position before God. Originally, our position was one under God's condemnation. But now, our position Because another one, that is under God's justification. But in this section, you have two or three hints that indicate you should go on. From the outward position to the inward disposition. Number one, at the end of chapter four, you have the resurrected Christ. Our Christ today is not only the crucified Christ for our redemption, but also the resurrected Christ for imparting life to us. Then the second hint is in verse 10 of chapter 5. After being reconciled much more, we shall be saved in life. We all have been saved By Christ's death with his blood for redemption, justification, and reconciliation. But for transformation and sanctification, surely you need his life. His death saved you in an objective way. But his life will save you in a subjective way. When we come to chapter 8, Christ is no more on the cross but Christ is in us. And this Christ in us is the very life that will save us. After we have been saved, we need some further saving dispositionally. Another thing, that is, the word sin before chapter 5, verse 12 is always sins but when we come to <laughs> chapter 5 verse 12 out of a sudden the plural sins becomes the singular sin our outward sins have been fully dealt with by the death of Christ but the very singular sin in our disposition up to verse 11 chapter 5 has not been dealt with yet. So now, from verse 12 of chapter 5, Paul starts to deal with the sin that is in our disposition within us. And one thing more, up to 5.11, we haven't reached the point that God and Christ is living within us we have to be in Christ first then Christ could be in us to be in him is a positional matter to have him living in us is a dispositional matter chapter 5 verse 12 to the end of chapter 8 is the section of sanctification and glorification. Both sanctification and glorification are dealing with our disposition, our nature, not our outward behavior. Our outward behaviors have been fully dealt with in the first section up to 511. Now Paul is going to deal with our nature.
2: Ed in this section, we are seeing some hints that God has more for us in His economy than just outward positional change to accomplish our salvation.
1: What are these hints?: The first hint is in uh, Romans 4:25, where Paul tells us that the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead for our justification. This is a hint because what we see here is the resurrected Christ. And he's raised for our justification. Actually, the resurrected Christ is for imparting life into us. This is not just a matter of outward positional justification. But he wants to dispense himself as life into us as the resurrected Christ so that life can be added to our disposition and we can be justified by God even in our living, by living Christ. Another big hint of this matter of there's more for us in God's economy than just an outward positional change is in Romans 5.10. This verse tells us that, firstly, we are reconciled to God through the death of his son. This is outward and positional. We were enemies of God, but now we've been reconciled to God through the death of his son. But then this verse goes on, and it says much more. We shall be saved in his life. There is much more to the Christian life than just outward positional justification and redemption. We praise the Lord for his redemption, that he redeemed us judicially, but there's much more. He wants to save us day by day in his life. This is what we call organic salvation. That means when Christ comes into us, he regenerates us. We're born again. We have his life. But he just doesn't stop there. He goes on to sanctify us, to saturate us with God's holy nature, to renew us, to add the new element of God into our being, and then to transform us, to change us inwardly and metabolically. Then he goes on to conform us to his image. And finally, his life saturates our mortal body, and we are glorified and transfigured. This is the much more Christian life. We need to be saved in his life day by day by the dispensing of his life into us. Also, we see in chapter 5, verse 12, before this verse, sins are mentioned. After this verse... Sin is mentioned. Sin is related to our disposition. On the one hand, we need to be saved from the guilt of our sins. On the other hand, we need to be saved dispositionally and subjectively from the power of sin. Before chapter 5, verse 12, we see that we're in Christ. After chapter 5, verse 12, we see that Christ is in us. This is related to our inward disposition. Christ is in us to save us in his life. These are the marvelous hints of being changed dispositionally that we see in this section of the book of Romans.
2: Ed, I want to ask you, you used two words in your fellowship, judicial and organic. And I think these are most likely new terms for many of our listeners in this context of Romans and justification and salvation. Give us a very quick definition of what you mean when you say judicial redemption and organic salvation.
1: When we speak of the term judicial redemption, judicial means legal. Because we were sinful, we were sinners, that debt of sin has to be paid. There's a legal requirement there before God. Well, Christ died in our place. He died on the cross, and he met the legal requirement. He paid the debt of sin. This is what we mean by judicial redemption. When we say organic salvation, the word organic means this has something to do with life. Christ as life dispenses himself into us. This life is added to our being to transform us. This is to be saved in his life. This is what we mean by organic salvation. We need to be saved organically and inwardly, day by day, in the life of Christ.
2: So the judicial covers the outward, external, objective things that Christ accomplished for us on the cross, for which we praise him eternally. Amen. But the much more that you mention in Romans 5.10 is really this organic side.
1: Yes, and this brings us to the purpose of God's salvation, where the Lord said in John 10, ten, I came that you might have life and might have it abundantly. This is organic salvation.
2: Thank you, Ed. Let's join Witness Lee for more of our life study.
1: The gift in Christ
0: surpasses the heritage in Adam. Do you know what we have inherited of Adam? Two big, awful things: sin and death. As long as you were one born of Adam race, regardless you are good, you are bad, what you have is just sin and death. Amen. This is the heritage in Adam. Right. But praise God. Amen. We have the gift in Christ. Amen. You know, even today. We may have the heritage from our parents. And we may get a gift from someone else. Praise the right. Lord. The gift in Christ surpasses the heritage Adam. No comparison. Because of this, we have to know these two persons. Have you ever got this kind concept that in this whole universe, there are only two men? Only two men. The first man is by this name, Adam. And the second man is by this name, Jesus Christ. And where are you? If you are in Adam, you are just a part of Adam. If you are in Christ, hallelujah, you are a part of Christ. But I can tell you today that 50 years ago, I was in Adam. But praise our today and forever I am in Christ. I, amen. Two men. The first man is Adam. He surely is the first man. He's not only the first man, but also the first Adam. Then the second man is Christ. And Christ is the second man. You have a second man but you don't have a second Adam. Christ is the second man and the last Adam. This means after Christ, there is no third man. The second is the last. And this second man is not one created by God, but one mingled with God. The first man had nothing to do with God. He was only God's creation. God's work out of God's hand. But the second man is just God mingled with his creature. Then we have to go on. To the two acts. Romans five thirteen says Adam's transgression. What was that? God indicated that Adam should take the tree of life, then he would have God life for him to live with God, but he didn't do that. In simple words, Adam's transgression was to live life and to pursue knowledge. The issue of life surely is life, but the issue of knowledge is death. Then, the second act is Christ's obedience on the cross. Adam brought man to knowledge and made man a man of knowledge. But Christ, by his obedience on the cross, terminated this man of knowledge. And uh, he brought man back to life.
2: Ed, we are seeing the whole of God's working with mankind typified and displayed by just these two men. And in both cases, their actions have a dramatic impact on us as to what we will ultimately experience of God and his plan. Would you say a bit more about this?
1: What I would like to emphasize is that in God's sight, there are only two men in the universe. There's Adam and there's Christ. In our fallen condition, we're in Adam. But when we receive Christ as our Savior and our life, we are now in Christ. We are a part of this second man. And I would like to just point out to our listeners, John chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. These verses tell us that when the Spirit is operating in this world, he convicts the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin is related to Adam. Righteousness is the resurrected Christ. And judgment is for Satan. So, how can we escape the sin in Adam? We were born in sin. We need to believe into Christ. We believe in the resurrected Christ. That puts us in Christ. And that saves us from the judgment that was reserved for Satan. Also, we see with Adam and Christ, two acts. There's Adam's transgression in the garden. Instead of choosing life, he chose knowledge. But praise the Lord for Christ's act on the cross. This was his obedience. And by his obedience, even unto death, he terminated the man of knowledge, and he brought us back to life. On the one hand, we have a terrible heritage in Adam. Our heritage in Adam is sin and death. We were born in sin, and death reigns over fallen mankind. But we have a wonderful gift in Christ. When we receive Christ, we receive him as grace. This is the gift of grace. And what is grace? Grace is not material blessings. Grace is Christ himself coming into us, to be our enjoyment. He wants us to enjoy Him. He wants us to love Him. He wants us to experience Him, and He wants us to know Him. This is the gift of grace in Christ. We have another life now. Our life is Christ. He is our life. He is our life supply. This is the gift in Christ that surpasses the terrible heritage in Adam. Praise the Lord for the wonderful gift in Christ.
2: Ed, thank you. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study.
1: If you read
0: chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8 in Romans, where sin sounds like a person because it can kill people. It can force people to do things against people's will. So sin is rather personified. This person is just the evil one. So through Adam's transgression, sin entered. Then many, including us, were constituted sinners. Sin has been constituted into your being. So you are a typical sinner. Then all men were condemned. And to death. Death reigned. Death became a king over all men. Then in Adam all died. Don't say you are living. Everybody is dying. Because we have a king. And this king's name is death. The whole humankind is under a reign. Of a king by the name Dead. And this awful person came into power by the inauguration of sin. But now, through Christ's obedience, what came? Grace came. Because grace came, so many were constituted righteous. We are not only righteous, we are constituted righteous. Suppose now you come to me to paint me with some green paint. This is not a kind of constituting. But if you could do something to get your paint into my blood, eventually my whole being will be constituted to be green. Aha. Grace, as the living God, gets into our being and constitutes us into righteousness. So, we are constituted righteous. What we are now, after being constituted, corresponds with what God is. So, we are spontaneously justified justified unto life we were in Adam condemned unto death but now in Christ we are justified unto life this is my grace and this grace becomes my enjoyment the issue of this enjoyment is life eternal And this life eternal will just transform my whole being. It will sanctify my whole being. It will deal with my disposition thoroughly. Then I will become a transformed and sanctified and glorified person.
2: Ed, in Romans chapters 5 through 8, sin takes on a different characteristic than we most often think of it. It becomes personified as one who kills, reigns, and forces us even to do things against our will. This is a radically different view than just to see sin as the bad or wicked things that we do. Say something about this view that Paul is bringing us into and also its implications to our salvation.
1: Well, this portion of the word shows us how serious man's fall was. It wasn't just a matter of man making a mistake, but what happened was the evil element of Satan got injected into man, particularly into man's body to transmute man's wonderful body that God created into the flesh. This is why Paul in Romans 7, he says, I know that in me, That is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. And particularly in Romans 7, Paul shows us that sin is personified. Sin can kill us. Sin can reign over us. Sin can force us to do things against our will. So we were constituted sinners. We were condemned unto death. Death reigns in fallen man. But we need to praise the Lord when we receive Christ Another wonderful person comes into us. He comes into our spirit. This is the result of Christ's obedience on the cross. He died for us. He released his life. When we receive him as our Lord, our Savior, he comes into us as life, and he comes into us as grace. Grace is actually God himself coming into us for our enjoyment. You know, on the one hand, sin can reign in us. But when we receive Christ as grace, when we enjoy him day by day, grace can reign in our being. We want Christ as grace to reign as a king in our whole being, to reign as a king in our mind, in our will, in our emotion. When we enjoy Christ as grace, grace reigns in us. And Romans 5.21 tells us that grace reigns unto eternal life. The issue of our allowing Christ as grace to reign in our being is life eternal. And this life can transform our whole being. I would like to conclude with this verse in Romans 5.17. This verse also has the words, much more much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Every day we need to be the best receivers. When we first wake up in the morning, we should say, Lord Jesus, i like to open my whole being up to you to receive you in a fresh way as the abundance of grace for my enjoyment so that I can reign as a king in you as my life today. This is the glorious salvation in Christ's life that saves us day by day from the power of sin. Praise the Lord for grace reigning in us and praise the Lord we can receive the abundance of grace day by day.
2: Ed, thank you very much for your fellowship, a jam-packed life study from Romans. I think that we must encourage our listeners Please contact us for the entire printed text of this message. There's too much here, and it deserves your time. Call us at our toll-free number, which is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Of course, you can request it by mail, and our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send us email at radio at lsm.org that's radio at lsm.org thank you today for listening bye-bye Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet or smartphone. Visit lsm.org epublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo and EPUB formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available at Amazon.com and iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website, lsm.org ePublications. Thanks for listening today.